Hey, Jay. <sighs> hey, Tyler. Hey, Rachel. <laughs> wait, Rachel? Oh, wait a minute. It's not that it's, episode. No. Or the other episode. Or the other episode. <laughs> <laughs> so just to be clear, so a couple things. We One, had a plan. We had many plans, uh, and uh, today's today's episode is fresh off the presses. Yeah, uh, this is uh, if all you're, you're if really going to put it up tonight. Like it's gonna if go. all goes right, I'm going to yeah. put it up tonight because uh, this hopefully won't need a lot of edits. So <laughs> we'll keep ourselves focused. I'll try um, not swear too much. So so you may be hearing. I mean, if you're if you're one of those like right at the drop uh, fans of the ep- of the podcast, Rachel, this Jimmy, this episode will uh, will be released on the. Day that we record it so it is and i'll even date it i try to not date them but it is august what is it fourth today august 4th yes 20, yes, 2020 um uh, and the year that wouldn't record- die yeah so uh jay is technically on vacation yes right now um, in my beach and- vista if you listen very carefully <laughs> you can hear the seagulls in the background and we had set it up uh, so nicely that Jay, w- we we had banked some stuff so that uh, Jay would have like complete vacation in, in this time. Uh, last week you went <laughs> on a bike trip. Yeah, I was I was gonna say so. This all starts with uh, I I finished up at Westminster for longtime listeners of the pod. Go back to the transitions episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, they gave me what I it, it was the and ni- tell tell us you, so your position at Westminster Westminster Presbyterian Church in correct Sinclair. correct uh, as the associate pastor for youth contemporary worship and media, mm. um, which I made the three my, bi- the three big gets of any good church <laughs> yeah the youth contemporary worship and media uh, and um, I've taken a new job at Laboratory Presbyterian Church. For the which, coolest name for a church. Oh, so good. I like that you went from the, there's nothing against Westminster, but that's the most pedestrian name yeah. for a Presbyterian church. Is it Westminster First Presbyterian? No, it's Westminster no, Presbyterian. Just Westminster. Yeah. So it, the the most the other most normal vanilla flavor you could get would be First Presbyterian Church. I worked at two different First Presbyterian say, churches. Which is where I worked before Westminster was at a yeah, First Presbyterian yeah. church. Uh, and I don't know what, the, what it was with the Presbyterians with numbering the churches that they had in the town is when you'd have uh, upwards of four different Presbyterian churches yeah. and they wanted to establish like we were the first one dibs and then the other ones wanted to yeah. say we're the second one <laughs> we're third Presbyterian yeah. So, yeah. and then after that other people were like we're just going to call ourselves Westminster Presbyterian Church in which goes back to the Westminster Confession which is uh, the the Protestant Reformation in England so the yeah. who cares but anyway, so creatively named Westminster gave me, I think, the best send off possible under the uh, the COVID circumstances. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the youth group made signs for me, some of which are hilarious. Uh, <laughs> my favorite is one that a, a, and a student the student owned up to it. She totally like took credit for it. It says "Don't leave" on the sign, except she wrote <laughs> "Don't" in yellow. So you can't see don't. It's a sign. It's a sign that just says leave. Leave. Was that on purpose? Like was she trying to be hilarious? No, but then she put it uh, in the pile anyway, and it's it's fantastic. Nice. That would have been even funnier if she was doing that to be funny. Where she's like, I don't want you to leave, but I do think it would be funny if you had a sign that just said leave. 
So when you saw it, could you see the don't at first, or you just no, saw the leave? I I just saw the leave. Someone holding up a sign that said yeah. leave. Well, so they lined the uh, the church grounds, the parking lot with the with the signs. Oh, nice. Uh, and then I, Sarah and I sat in what can only be described as, I felt like a mall Santa for much of the yeah. day. Yeah. We had a throne. I, that's how I often think of you, so yeah, it's yeah. fitting. Uh, the beard's coming back, but, you know, it's, it, is. it takes a little time. Uh, but And then we had a reverse parade, so people drove past and said their goodbyes, yeah. uh, socially distanced. And I Did you throw work, candy? I absolutely did. I got a five-pound nice. bag of Smarties nice. and uh, chucked it at people. So it was good. Uh, but anyway, so then I finished things up at Westminster. This was, you said we should be tight and not go on tangents. This is the story of how we screwed up. Uh, oh, that's my, okay. Yeah, right. So uh, I, I came home, spent the day Monday getting ready, and then Tuesday I went into the woods uh, with a couple friends on a bike packing trip. Uh, we biked from, literally from my driveway. Do you call it bike packing trip? Because yeah. that's what it should be called. That is not- what it's called. Okay, bike packing, not yeah. backpacking. Correct. Okay. Yeah, it's bike packing. There was nothing on nice. my back. It was all on the bike. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the first day was from my driveway to uh, Confluence on the Great Allegheny Passage. Mm-hmm. Uh, saw a bear, which is fantastic. Nice. Uh, but was it in the woods? It was on the trail. Um, okay. So it was like I don't know, maybe 200 yards ahead of us, and we mm-hmm. thought it was a big Labrador Retriever, and then it moved, and we went no. that's a bear cub Um, but when I arrived in Confluence uh, 93 miles of cycling later and I opened my phone and saw from Tyler hey did you send the file from the Sierra Mm. podcast I went oh no because that was sitting on my desk uh, here at the house which luckily we knew where that one was yeah uh, so apologies. So the Sierra, the, la- the last pod- the, the last week's podcast actually just yeah. came out Friday. Yeah, because uh, we were so that's that's why we were a little late on that one. Yeah, that's uh, on me. Instead of coming uh, Monday, yeah. And I I haven't listened to that one yet, just because I've been back and trying to get settled and stuff. But my goodness, did I enjoy recording that one? Yeah, and I've seen great. a couple people respond to it. So if you haven't listened to it yet, go get it. That's that's my yeah. homework after this. But then. We had planned, we had recorded uh, many moons ago, two episodes with the almost Dr. Rachel Jones, and the audio was screwed up on Rachel's end. So that we, was a lot. That was before I went. Before I went on my vacation. Right. So this is what. This is. Uh, we talked about this before, but this is why we had the big kind of month gap in the month of June. Why nothing really came out because we had planned for that to be covered by these two episodes we recorded with Rachel and her audio was screwed up so we had to re-record those episodes yes so we re-recorded those which would have given us three episodes in the bank before I left yeah yeah. which would have covered me until I started the laboratory given us this week of you know downtime whatever and those files got deleted (laughs) so (laughs) now because they're they got deleted because they're they're back they were at Westminster yep uh, on the old Westminster machines because we'd used that and uh, Westminster doing their due diligence. People came in, prepping stuff, clearing out old cards, trying to and, delete uh, every piece of evidence that I ever existed uh, <laughs> as soon as humanly possible. You've been <laughs> wiped away. It's like 1984. <laughs> like who? Jason Fryer? It's what? like in Back to the Future when he starts this. Fryer? Oh, wait. Is that Fryer? Uh, Fryer. Who are you? <laughs> Uh, so, have you talked to Rachel yet, or is this the first? Time I haven't. No. So, Fantastic. Uh, I might. I might tip her, or she'll just hear it on this episode. So. Yeah. Either way. Hey, Rachel. You know those episodes <laughs> that we've recorded twice? 
we'll have to record them again. Third again. time's the charm. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we, we can remember anything that we said, or we'll just leave out everything we said. They were good episodes too. They were. They keep getting better. I, I feel like the second go round, <laughs> they were better than the first. So yeah. we'll see. Well, it's just but... constantly getting better. So I, the lessons I've learned from this, I'm going to uh, apologize to Rachel now and probably a few thousand more times. <laughs> Rachel, if you want me to like edit your dissertation or something like that, <laughs> let me know. Uh, but B, I will take the card right from this recorder and put it right into this laptop the very instant we are done recording. Nice. So the one thing I did realize is that as we've expanded the rapid fire questions, yes, there's a couple of rapid fire questions that you may not have directly answered. Oh, man. Okay, so we already know Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, Hogwarts mm-hmm. House, uh, concert you travel back in time to see. Would that change? What would it be as of right now? No, I still think it's the uh, Beatles on the rooftop of Abbey Road. Beatles that's, on the rooftop. Yeah, okay. that's the winner. Um, here, I want to change this one. So we've done favorite superhero. You're mm-hmm. on the record of saying Batman is better no. than No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so here's my thing. Favorite superhero who is a real person. So like frontline nurses what are we looking for here yeah i mean like or th- like throughout history so i i realized this during the um john lewis uh mm. so john lewis the um the congressman who was civil rights leader who just passed away and they had his funeral uh just this past week um i was realizing like i think i even tweeted he's my favorite superhero and mm. and he was one of my favorite superheroes and i thought that's a kind of more interesting question did you see so, he he to really underscore that he is a superhero as a comic book? Um, well, he has a comic book, but then when yeah. he went to Comic-Con to yeah. promote it, yeah. he dressed the way he dressed when he did the march across the uh, the bridge. Yeah. Oh, man. My eyes got real sweaty when I when I saw that. Yeah, that's fantastic. It was, uh, yeah, so he cosplayed as himself from 1963. Do you uh, know how hardcore awesome you have to be to dress oh, as so yourself cool. at Comic-Con? Like, that's... Uh, my answer, I think I said this on an episode, but it might have been one of the ones that we've recorded two or three times now. Who knows? Who knows at this point? That'll be the hard part about re-recording those is knowing what did we actually say on real shows and yeah. what did we say on shows that <laughs> nobody ever saw. But uh, Stinkin' Teddy Roosevelt, man. Stinkin' Teddy Roosevelt. I like that. That guy, the... that guy, that guy, he had, uh, he had a lot going for him. He really did. Yeah. He really did. Just uh, straight one up. One of our better presents. Yeah. Straight up outdoors uh, guy did a lot of conservation work, which I'm all about. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically established the national parks. Oh, absolutely. He yeah. is a man of many contrasts. Yes. Uh, in that he is, I would mark him among our best presents, and, and he was a great conservationist, but also liked to go around killing things. So like, was very interesting. Like it was an avid hunter. Like went to uh, North Africa and killed a bunch of stuff that is now extinct or, yeah. or close to. So. He again the contrast. Also, that's the contrast of the 1900s, where you yeah. have people who are very in favor of certain things. Like he was very much kind of racist against indigenous people, but also did a lot to help indigenous people. So it's like yeah. it's a very confusing well, thing to try to wrap. And your is head that around. not the the way of most good superheroes? You're not all yes. good. You're not all bad. You are a conglomerate. You're flawed. He's a very flawed superhero. Yeah. He's the Tony Stark of presidents. <laughs> uh, what? Is oh yeah, what's a band you inherited from your parents? I I was curious about that. We haven't asked that of you. So many. Uh, I mean, the Beatles are the biggest one. Uh, yeah. But uh, man, Boston was a big one in my family. Nice. Foreigner. Yeah. Uh, my mom was real in the Mamas and the Papas. I don't love them so much now, but like yeah. still in there. Yeah. Um, 
Pink Floyd. Good grief. I got Pink Floyd Ooh. from my dad. Um, yeah, lots, lots, lots. Basically, if it was on DVE back in the day, yep, I was exposed to it and, and, and accepted it. My mom was real into James Taylor and John Denver, and I have a real like I'll 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 go to go to go to fisticuffs against uh, or in defense of both of them. Yeah. Also in defense of the fact that neither of them are country. No. Uh, no. Folk but they're and both in this weird. Yeah. Yeah. They're this weird kind of folky, but, and even John Denver, especially because James Taylor is more clearly folk. John Denver has a like, he's like. Uh, He's he's Rocky Mountain Sierra music basically. Yeah. It's not not so much country as it is just outdoor. It's na- he's national park music. Yes. I think. Yes. Um, you kn- you know country when you hear it. Like oh, it, yeah. yeah yeah. And it's I don't like, mind country. I realize that 1990 is basically the cutoff when country gets real real bad for me. Yeah. I don't even think Any, that. I can't. Yeah. I mean maybe and because I could I could go with like Kenny Rogers. I really like Willie Nelson. Or Willie, uh, yeah, Willie Nelson. Oh, I do like um, Willie Nelson. Yeah. yeah, and and he goes into the '80s. Like, there's some good, and that kind of outlaw country. I think it has some good stuff. But man, anything since then makes me viscerally, like physically, it makes me angry. <laughs> like if I'm in a store that's playing country music, I get really angry, and I just have to leave the store. Uh-huh. It's like one of those. Have you ever been shopping and something about? You don't want to be shopping, whether it's grocery shopping or something, and you have a full cart, and then you just like, like I'm just going to leave this cart. Yeah. I don't want anything in this cart. Do you remember there was a record store called FYE? Yep. They had some policy. It had to have been a training thing where they, like every employee had to ask, can I help you? Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I had this mental, by the third one, I'm out. <laughs> I don't care what's in my hand. What I'm going in there to get. If you ask me to help me three times, I'm out of there. Like, I just can't. Well, it, if you ever are in a store that has that policy again, the way you should do it, this is the trick. It's like it's like with wishing for more wishes of the genie. <laughs> like, one, there's a whole plan. Uh, if you, here, here's the thing with the genie. Wish number one, wish I could have more wishes. He says, you can't do that. Wish number two, I wish I could. Oh. Yeah, now we're in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now it's on. The safe uh, is open. <laughs> yep. Sorry. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, but the I think if, if the FYE employee walks up to you and says, can I help you? And you say, yes, you can. Please make sure that nobody else asks me if oh. they can help me while I'm in here. That's so Could you good. please keep me, keep everybody else away from me? Yes, I'd like privacy. And then he says, I can't do that. And then you say, I wish you could. And then <laughs> boom, then you're in. Yeah, nailed it. Okay, uh, what is, Bible story, we know it's the it's the She-Bears. It's definitely And the, the Baldy Baldy. Uh, favorite sport to play? Because I think your favorite sport to watch is hockey. For sure. Correct? Yeah, okay. Uh, to play is, uh, I mean, if we, we could debate cycling as a sport. Um I would argue it is, but if if not, I would say my favorite sport to play at that point is deck hockey. Get together with the friends and play some deck hockey. Oh, yeah. Shoot around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You ever play regular hockey? Ice hockey? I wasn't allowed to because I had a kidney thing when I was a kid, oh. so I never learned, or I never got like the gear and stuff to play ice hockey. I long for a day that I could get into an adult rec league because I'm cleared to play now. Um, now that you have adult knees, are, are you okay? Yeah, it was it kidneys. But you, I know, but you're an adult. You, now you have adult knees. So yes. are you? Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, one, that that joke uh, hit me square between <laughs> the eyes when it got there. I I figured it out in my head and thought, 
Do I? Yeah. No, let's do it. You did it exactly right. <laughs> the most the most dad joke. So, um, last movie you watched? I don't know. Oh uh, what did I, I haven't been watching much lately. I guess it would last, be... Last television scripted something that you watched. Well, that's not scripted. But, well, I guess it is. I watched last week tonight, last night. Okay. Which is about what history. Is... If you have an opportunity, history, Professor Tyler. I, I, yeah, I do love Last Week Tonight. I haven't. I kind of watch it. I, I get to it around like Thursday. Or so yeah. It's always like just late enough. There it's is, like, oh, this is all late. There is but... like a pattern to viewing, you know. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, I'm Tyler. And I'm Jay. And this is Roughing the Pastor. This one's fresh off the presses, and speaking of fresh off the presses, we've been thinking about doing this episode for a while, but then we've had a bunch of really awesome guests who've done some really awesome guest shows. This and is so the first had, one in a while that it's been just you and I. Yep. Yeah. We've had this topic in the in our back pocket for several months, uh, and it all stemmed from uh, one day I was driving to church on Sunday morning, mm-hmm. and I, um, I went and... Uh, stopped at like a, a gas station to get some coffee as I usually do before I head into the church and just on a whim bought the Sunday edition of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, the mm-hmm. newspaper, the local newspaper, which uh, just is because, a brick of a newspaper. Yeah, it really is. It used to be bigger than it is now, but <laughs> the, uh, uh, but mainly cause it has the comics in it and all the, the Sunday crossword. And I thought, Oh, this would be neat. I just like, I like the tactile thing of it. And in there, it had a little slip that said, for $10, mm-hmm. you can get, I think, like three months of, of home delivery. And home delivery of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette is three days a week. Now, which three days? <laughs> I bet you can think of a logical uh, grouping of days to spread it out, and, and you would not, not be right. <laughs> yes. Sun- now, Sunday's a given. Right. Obviously, Sunday's going to be one of them. What would be the other ones you pick? I'm not even going to let you answer because it's not those ones. It is <laughs> Thursday and Friday. So you can get it for three days. You get it Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. Now, does news happen on Monday, Wednesday, and Tuesday? Sure does. And Saturday? It sure does. Uh, what, how can you find out about it? They say, we have the digital. It's like, well, that's the whole point. I don't want to... I, I have the physical thing. I want the physical thing. So I, want to feel I got these. The paper. Yeah, I got, I started getting the physical paper and um, it took one. It took forever for them to actually deliver it to me. Uh, but then I finally got it figured out and it comes and it's fantastic. And it feels, I know this, this is like uh, being able to like have a phone that's in your house. That's not a cell phone. <laughs> feels weird. Like that. <laughs> every time I'm in a house that has an actual landline, I think, man, this is so like, you could just call the house now. Like it yeah. feels weird, even though I grew up with that. I'm now, so the idea that they just deliver a paper to your front door on the day that it was printed seems so novel to me. I know have, they printed it the night before. Have but. you, so I, I followed you into this so that we yeah. might edit and put this somewhere else. Have you actually seen the delivery take place? 
No. Me either. It, I want to know. It happens. I did because it was, they had a problem delivering to me for a while. I kept having to call in and they said that it delivers by 6.30 a.m. Yeah. And so I've there have been a couple times I've almost caught it. But every time that it's actually been delivered, uh, it's always been out there before I get up. I just want to um, see what human is still delivering newspapers. Oh, I think I've seen it. I've seen it before. Like before I got it delivered, I've been behind a delivery truck. And it's, it's usually somebody in their car in like a station wagon just <laughs> hucking them out the door. Um, and uh, so it's uh, I haven't seen that for my person, but it's. Yeah. Anyway, we've started getting the newspaper uh, and I told you about it and legitimately, I mean, it was, I think we were in person. This was pre quarantine that this yeah, style happened I because right. I showed up with a newspaper in my bag and you said, do you have a newspaper with you? <laughs> and I said, I sure do. And then we were about to start talking about it, but then we were like with a guest or something. So this was, I mean, this is pre March that yep. we've been talking about this. And that's when I got the subscription was in March. And so, um, yeah. Now I'll show you. So you had your stack yeah i have why this um, is just today this is just today yeah so this is uh the one thing that my wife said is that uh, now are you just going to hold on to the papers like you can't <laughs> i don't want just stacks of papers laying up and i said nope i'll go through them pretty quick hang on yeah <laughs> i i don't know what he's about to show us but i oh <laughs> man <laughs> Uh, to describe it for the listeners at home, Tyler has not thrown out a single newspaper since March, uh, and is holding on to a year's I've, worth of fire starter. No, this is so I've got probably like an eight-inch stack of papers, <laughs> which is um, I have gone through many of them and thrown out many of them. This is probably a third of the papers I've had delivered. And main, like, so here is the big thing is that, so this top section, this is just last week right here. So that's three yeah. papers. Um, but there then are... I've taken every Sunday comic that has gone and turned that into one big paper. Yeah. So I am saving the Sunday comic. So that's like a Sunday sized comic. I mean, a Sunday sized bundle of paper that just is all for the, the comics. comics. That's yeah. great. Which makes me very excited. That's great. And the last, the, last, the third pile is just stuff I still haven't gone through. So it's like, yeah, like eight inches thick of See, that's, newspapers. So Tyler tells me that he's getting the Post-Gazette home delivery, and I say yep. I want in on that. And likewise, it took forever for them yeah. to actually get The world in. is not set up for home delivery of anything no. that's not Amazon. Anymore. No. Uh, but they, it finally started coming. And that was one of the first deals I had to make with both myself and my wife was that yep. when you're done with a paper, throw it out. Yep. Like I, I even kind of flirted with the idea of like, well, we might have a fire pit someday. And like, nope, you could save them when you have a fire pit. Get rid of it now. Well, uh, and this is like, that's a, so I still have the same deal that when I'm done with a paper, I throw it out. I'm not saving these for posterity, except for maybe the comics. I'm going to hold on to those for a while because they're fun. And they um, make good wrapping paper. Yeah, they do. But the other ones are just, they have stuff in it that I still need to read. Like that's the, the, the one problem and why I couldn't do more than three days a week is that I can barely keep up with three days a week. Well, okay, uh, it's, so it's a lot. so this is this is the irony. So I started in on the Post Gazette uh, with you, and yeah. loved the experience. Just the the tactile of the paper, which that's probably gonna be a big piece of what we talk about. Um, loved it, loved the comics, loved everything about it. But it only comes Thursday, Friday, Sunday. Yeah, and I was it like, is a, it, it's a bummer. I need more of this, and 
I was at that time a digital subscriber to the New York Times, and they likewise offered a deal. I think it was like 15 bucks for three months or something like yeah, that. Yeah. For Monday through Friday delivery of the New York Times. And I went, yep. <laughs> uh, so now, now I've got. Uh, I found for, for our area, the only. So in the Pittsburgh area, I think both north and south, you can get the Post Gazette mm-hmm. delivered three days a week, or you could get the New York Times. I think there are no other. Uh, you can maybe get like USA Today or some like USA Today, which is a pointless newspaper. Well, um, and the, this is part of something I want to talk And maybe about. the Wall Street Journal. I think that's. I think those are the only ones that will actually deliver to our area. The are Wall the, Street the, Journal. I think. I think we might have been doing it in person when this happened. Maybe not. No, definitely not. Anyway, there were two days the Wall Street Journal just showed up. Hey. In the middle of me ordering the New York Times, and I was like, I didn't pay for these, and then it stopped. Yeah. I might legitimately subscribe to the Wall Street Journal. Um, it's a real newspaper, right? It's not just business. It is. is a, it it has a lot of opinion, has a lot of politics, but more from a conservative side. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. But like the, that's, I always had stayed away from the Wall, Wall Street Journal even before it became because it became noticeably because it got bought out by News Corp, mm-hmm. which was um, uh, Rupert Murdoch about ten years ago, and then it it leaned. It had always been like obviously fiscally conservative, but it leaned just a little more conservative yeah. after that point enough that it was noticeable that it became less neutral. Um, but I had always stayed away from Wall Street Journal just because my least favorite section of the newspaper has always been the business section. I don't, I don't think about I've that. ever once like, read the business section. I don't section. want a whole newspaper that's the business section. And then I realize the Wall Street Journal is actually more than just business. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think balancing those two. I mean, I read, and this is part of it. I read the Wall Street Journal on the iPad um, mm-hmm. to balance the kind of liberal mm-hmm. New York Times and the conservative Wall Street Journal. Both of which, for their leanings, are very good journalistic sources. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, and they are both on that. If you've ever seen that web, um, like the there's an image of all the news where they all fall on this um, the X Y axis of of uh, bias, which is really good. And they update that like every year, and it's yeah. really it's pretty. It's a it's a good. Um, and people would say like, but that's bias. Like those are people who just don't want their source to be biased. Right. It makes a, a very clear sense of like, this one is left of center. How far left of center is it? Like that, like on the extremes, you've got Breitbart all the way to the yeah. right. Yeah, and you've got, um, Occupy uh, Democrats or whatever. Yeah. They call Occupy that Democrats stuff. stuff. That's all the way to the left. And then there's stuff that's more centrist and stuff that like NPR is about as center as you can get. It's yep. it leans a little progressive, but only in the sense of they're like inclusive of things. Yeah. Um, and then wall street journal is, is, is on the conservative side, uh, just a little bit, but it still is relatively objective. Like it's sound reporting that you can trust yes. by and large. And like Fox News and MSNBC kind of balance each other out with their uh, MSNBC is a little more neutral than Fox News is, but both of right. them have a clear agenda kind of thing. So when you watch, if you if you take in any media from any of those sources, you have to recognize this is through a lens of conservatism or progressivism that is inherently antagonistic towards yeah. the other side. So it's not just here's the normal way to view it. It's like here's the normal way to view it, and any other way is terrible. Like that. That's as you get more polarized, you get more antagonistic towards other views. Yeah, um, and if you can't hear that, that's part of the problem. Like there are times yeah. I'll I, I usually listen to, and I'm sure this will happen more with a half hour commute in my day starting next week. Mm-hmm. Um, I listen to the news, like podcasts of mm-hmm. CNN shows and MSNBC mm-hmm. shows, 
Um, and there are times that on those shows on MSNBC, I'm like, ooh, that was incendiary on a level it didn't need to be. Yeah, yeah. And if you can't notice that in your own news sources, you need to reevaluate. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, that's when something like um, I used to listen to. I used to watch NBC, MSNBC exclusively, and then I realized kind of the bias of it. And also, I just stopped watching news TV because it's just it sucks you in and yes. like it doesn't want to let you go. And NPR was an easier way to do other things while I'm doing it. Um, but the what was it? Um, Pod Save America is a, yeah. is a great podcast, but it's so oh my gosh, it's well, so not has even a clear. <laughs> no, 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 they aren't trying at all, which yeah. is nice. So I mean, they're very clear about it. But it was something where I realized like. This is a um, a wind tunnel that yeah. is really cathartic at some point, but it's also not always helpful. So I right. try to, I I'll dip into that every once in a while, but I do have to kind of pull out, and be like, no, that's that, this is not a helpful narrative and conversation to be having where you're just villainizing the other side. And I think not always unduly. I think a lot of times sure. that villainy has been earned, but it's still it's not a helpful way to think of it. Of like we must destroy the other side like that. What? That's. That level of antagonism, I think, has never been uh, constructive. Well, and you also need to notice, I I draw a distinction, and I don't know where the line is yet. Um, it started with The Daily Show. When, when, like, conservatives would get upset about The Daily Show and say, oh, where are you getting your news from? It's like, no, that's not news. That's entertainment. Yeah. And I would put Pod Save America. That's not news. That's entertainment. Yeah. And and a rule that has cropped up again for me watching MSNBC, CNN, things like that. When there's a panel, it's entertainment. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. If you have five talking heads all agreeing with each other, that's not news anymore. That's well, just that's what I mean, yeah. And we were we were saying John Oliver earlier. Like I mm-hmm. think John Oliver is a great example. Yeah, it's entertainment. And and the 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 interesting thing about the Daily Show, especially the Daily Show, started with Craig Kilborn. It was ba- it was just a spoof. It was it was Weekend Update. And it wasn't until Jon Stewart took it over that it actually became a legitimate media source. I mean, a a legitimate media comment, uh, I think, that that, in in the sense that it was still entertainment. It was first and foremost entertainment. And he always said that. Like, he, whenever people held him, he's like, uh, my lead-in show is a, is a, Cart is a show with puppets making crank phone calls. (laughs) And so, like, he always put that in, whenever he's like, well, you need to do more with your media. Acumen, like the, the, with the, with the what you wield, and he's like, I'm on, I'm a, it's a comedy show. Yeah. But the thing that changed is that in order to get the jokes, you need, they needed to inform you about what they were making the joke about. So it did give you information, largely to set up the joke. Right. Um, but as things be, the the neat thing about John Stewart and the and the 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 ways in which they they made that show is that they did educate you along the way, but ultimately for the sake of making you laugh. Right. And Colbert even more so. Like yeah. the Colbert's whole thing when he had the Colbert Report, you didn't get the joke unless you could realize that it was satire. Yep. And it was satire that was so smart on many levels that you really had to know what he was talking about. And he would help you know what he was talking about. But And once you picked up the tone, you could realize that he would often be saying things that are exactly the opposite of what he believed. Yep. But the, the, the best thing about that is that sometimes he was saying exactly what he believed, yep. which was such a unique part of that character. It wasn't just the Colbert Report character is the opposite of, of Stephen Colbert, which is what a lot of kind of people said about him. 
And he said, no, sometimes I say exactly what I think. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I say exactly the opposite of what I think. And you should generally be able to tell if you're picking up, if you understand how satire works, you can tell when this is his voice versus the character's voice, both in terms of uh, who this person is and and the sincerity with which he is, is putting it out. Um, And I think that that's, we have gotten into a landscape where news has become entertainment uh, or entertainment has, has found its place in the newsroom. Yes. Um, and that happened with the, the, the daily show and the Colbert report and then things like last week tonight. And that had been happening for a while. Stuff like the onion was a great example of that. Speaking yeah. of real newspapers, the onion was a real newspaper for a while, uh, <laughs> growing up. So in the I Midwest, would, I would get that delivered. Oh, it was so great. I, and it stopped printing right when I realized I could subscribe to it, but they had it in, they, it was just a free paper in Madison, Wisconsin. So that's where it started. And when we moved to Wisconsin, when I was in seminary, Every time we went to Madison, I would always pick up the onion. So, I'd, and I would always say to uh, Adrian when she would go into Madison, I'd say, "Can you make sure you grab me an onion while she's there?" And she always thought I was trying. Like, it, she would always figure it out. But she's like, "Why do you want an onion?" Like, thinking not, the not physical the thing. Food. We want, like, no, yeah. get. Make sure you just because they're just all along the, the street, and um, uh, like in in booths and stuff, not just like strewn <laughs> on the ground. But uh, but it was great. And it, and that and the AV Club was a an actual magazine in the Onion. Like it was the the center part that were told like real reviews and stuff. And um, but with those things coming about, then the actual and then then the advent of the twenty four hour news channel, which started with CNN in the eighties, but then really evolved and really kind of came into its own during the Iraq War, yeah. uh, the first one in nineteen ninety one. Um, and once they're trying to fill 24 hours, they're realizing, oh, we can make this entertaining, and we, but we're not making jokes. So how do we make it entertaining about making jokes? We'd sensationalize and have uh, yes. uh, characters, like have opinions. And like if you look at all the people on Fox News and a lot of the people, pretty much all the people on MSNBC too, like the vast majority of those are characters. Like yep. we know um, that Tucker Carlson is a character. Yep. Now he's a character who may believe what he says, but I don't think he really believes everything he says. In the same way that um, that Rachel Maddow is a character to a degree. Now I think that there's some sincerity to varying degrees on both of those parts, sure. but they are playing a, they are a personality, yeah. and we come to that show for the personality. It's like Oprah Winfrey. Uh, my my daughter asked me the other day, "Who's Oprah Winfrey?" And it was a really interesting way of trying. Like, I was it wasn't that hard to say. Like, she's a woman who did the, the was like, richest why person she, ever. Yeah, why is she famous to a nine year old? Like, how do mm-hmm. how so so she had a talk show and she produced all these things and she made a bunch of like it. But it became a really explaining a media mogul yeah. to uh, really anyone. It's kind of a complicated <laughs> thing. Like, how did she become so powerful? Um, and not that she shouldn't be, but it's just an interesting thing of how that evolves. A um, L- little quick side. Yeah, yeah. Media mogul made me think of social media influencer, which is every bit as difficult to oh, explain. Geez. How are you doing? I was worried for you when the threat came down that TikTok might be banned in the United <laughs> States. Are you holding up? You okay? <laughs> I'm doing okay. Uh, we, uh, we just heard from uh, the Trump that he said, I've given them to around uh, September 15th. That was my Donald Trump, by the way. Yeah, that was a great one. That was yeah. great. Yeah. It's me, Donald Trump. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's like Lauren Michaels. It's like a grumpy um, turtle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Aww. laughs> uh, but no, yeah, I like that he first he said it was going to happen yesterday, and then he said around September fifteenth. Yeah, um, I did spend a little more time on TikTok than I would have the last couple of days. Just <laughs> quickly, to be like, quickly, quickly. Yeah, this is this is it. I mean, I I've 
been very clear about my love hate relationship. I well, I love it, and then I hate that it eats my time, and so I keep <laughs> having to delete it off my phone. It's currently on my phone again, and I do enjoy it. But it, boy, it'll suck away forty five minutes faster than anything else. It's like the the machine in the Princess Bride that sucks away an hour of your life. Man, that's TikTok. <laughs> yeah. It's so, and and you go in knowingly, like. I, it's not giving away data to foreign governments or things like that. They know my birthday, and that's about it. Yeah. Uh, but And they know that I like cat videos. That's basically all that they can learn from this is I like cat <laughs> videos and people who can dance really well. Yeah. Those are the things that I'm always watching, which was another thing. I can't remember if I said this on a, on a show or not, but the algorithm learns you yes. in TikTok. And so... And it just subtly kind of picks up on the things that you, both the things that you skip past and then the things that you actually like. And then it will give you stuff based on that. And so um, I was hearing all these people talk about like TikTok being like this bad influence. I was like, what's wrong with TikTok? It's just people dancing in cat videos. And then I realized like, oh no, it's not that for everybody. (laughs) It is just that for me. I am a sucker. I like it when people can dance really well and hilariously. And then then little comedy skits that can fit into 30 seconds. I think that's fantastic. Uh, people throwing ping pong balls off of pots into things. I watch a lot of that. And then just cat videos. So TikTok is all that for me. I don't often use it, but when I do, any of those ones where like the makeup or the outfit change, like the video editing of that freaks me out every time. Like, how do you do that? That is really neat. Yeah, when people do like really like crazy makeup, I think that's really neat. I, I was... And for a while, I got into that, and then I stopped seeing that because I think I just stopped watching those. <laughs> on the cat videos. Yeah, but, like, all the scandalous stuff, like, there's there's lots of scandalous stuff that I never see. So it does. it is a good judge of your inner heart. Like, without you trying. <laughs> it's like a personality <laughs> test you didn't know you're taking. Yeah. She's like, oh, no, am I a scumbag? And then I look at my TikTok. He's like, no, no I'm a scumbag. Because so I, I don't get any of, the, any of the bad stuff. It's all, like, my kids can totally watch uh, my TikTok account, although the, a lot of the songs have swear words and stuff in it, but uh, it's all cats and dances. Brain That's all mine is. And yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, so back to so but the one thing, yeah. yeah, back to newspapers. So yeah, the the uh, news has become entertainment, and and part of the reason why this dumb. So we haven't answered the question: Why not just get your news online? And that's a wonderful idea. The thing that I have found that I really like about the newspaper, and and this is someone, we are speaking as people who are very much either old millennials or young X or somewhere in there. We're kind of in this nebulous stage of like, depending on the day, I'm either X or, or uh, millennial or neither. I claim neither. And But we are in this place where we grew up probably with newspapers around our house. Mm-hmm. Or at least we, where that's what grownups did. It was a grownup. Grownups would drink a cup of coffee out of a mug that was like not really fancy, just a plain old mug in the morning, and they would read a newspaper. And even if that didn't happen in your house on the daily, you that was the standard thing. We like our, uh, we'd watch on uh, TV. That's what was happening. Like at Alf, uh, when Alf would, uh, or <laughs> like at the beginning of Alf, he'd be reading a newspaper, and. Um, and the idea of like on Sunday, like being able to read the comics and stuff like that, that was a big deal to me. Uh, and just the feel of it. So having that paper, there's something very sensory about it. Not just sensory in terms of connecting me to something previous, but engaging this is why I like books too. So I, I have a Kindle. Kindle's incredibly convenient. And I, I've read a lot of stuff on the Kindle that I wouldn't have been able to read otherwise, but I don't read as well on the Kindle as I do with a real book. Just having the thing there makes it you have to commit to it yes. to a degree whereas like the, my problem with my kindle is it's got a thousand books on it 
And so yeah. I can read a little bit of something. It's like, oh, I forgot. I also have Lord of the Rings, and I, I should probably keep going with that. And so I'll jump into five different other books. It's, it's the same with your phone. Yeah, that's and, I, I, I have a – or, again, I had a digital subscription to the New York Times on my iPad. So, like, I had access to the whole paper all the time. Yeah, yeah. I read so much more out of the physical paper yeah than i ever well, did on it, the, the ipad the thing i think with the digital one for me it's like it's the wikipedia conundrum so yeah i like sometimes wikipedia was my favorite way to, it was my favorite rabbit hole, rabbit hole in the internet and it still is kind of uh although there's so many other distractions uh, on, <laughs> on on the internet now but like if i wanted to just get lost in the internet for a little bit like if i, if I was supposed to go to sleep and i didn't want to i just go to wikipedia because you can read an article on Wikipedia. I always feel like I'm learning. It's like reading the encyclopedia. And there's a link in there that will, like, you're reading about, I don't know, Thomas Edison. And in the middle of that, it says, like, you grew up in Hoboken, New Jersey. And so you're like, okay, click on that. Boom. Hoboken. <laughs> Why is it called Hoboken? You learn about this. And there's, like, the indigenous people there. You click on that. Boom. And then you learn about, like, maize. How is maize different than corn? So I'll click on that. <laughs> uh, corn uh, used to make corn cob pipes. Oh, corn cob pipes. Let's listen to that. Oh, pipe tobacco. Oh, let's look at that. Oh, and then it, uh, pretty soon you find yourself reading about nuclear physics. Yeah. And so <laughs> down uh, the rabbit the, and, hole. Yeah. And it's fun then to re literally, you can physically retrace how you got there. I used to always like that. If I get like some random thought in my head, like if I'm just like all of a sudden thinking about Tinker Toys, like what happened in my brain to get me to think about <laughs> yeah. Tinker Toys? How'd I get and here? So, and so dumping back, kind of doing that. And Wikipedia lets you do that. Like it leaves a paper trail, not a paper trail, but a digital like yeah a cash trail of where you've been but that pulls you away from where you are the thing i like about the newspaper this it is such is, it's a little asmr it's such a good sound yeah is that you now the articles will usually cut halfway and then jump like three pages so it's a little choose your own adventure in that standpoint um but it does kind of you're you're just the the paper is there mm-hmm. and there's something that i love about how each and and this is about getting it every day. So like the paper that came out Sunday, that day, that was that day's news. Yeah. And like it was, and it so it has an expiration date on a certain level that you got to read this today, yeah. and you really got to read it like right away, <laughs> before. Like if you wait until the evening, even then the paper's a little a little stale. It's like it's a donut right. that you yeah. bought that morning. Like you can still eat it, but it's not going to be as good. Um, and and I would say a newspaper is kind of like a donut. That's probably it. Like you can maybe eat a donut like two or three days later, but it's not going to be very good at all. But if you eat it, try to eat it like five days later, it's like it's actual garbage. Yeah. Uh, and, and but on the day that you bought it, it's still pretty good that whole day. Yeah. Um, and that's how the newspaper is. And something about just having it to hold. Like I like the idea. I like this motion of just like yep. putting it out the big the big old paper out in front of you. And then I like this one of folding it in half. Mm-hmm. And just doing that. There's a lot of affectations that come with the newspaper you have the, uh, that are they, very they enjoyable. Set, they put this in, a, in an ad for the New York Times on TV a long time ago, and I didn't understand it until I started getting it. The tuck, this move right here. <laughs> yeah. That's... The, uh, so tucking under your armpit, basically. Yeah. yeah. The, the yeah. fold it in half, fold it in half again, throw it under the armpit. Oh, yeah. I mean, it really, You're and that for really, the, everything about me that wants to smoke a pipe also loves reading the newspaper. It, I do have to admit that this is an affectation. Very much you should get in your pipe. <laughs> we're we are old men. <laughs> it can't I it's all it's all falling apart. So I do have the, a pipe. The, I, so I, this what you're hearing right now. So enjoyable. Oh. But it also, like you said, it does make you read stuff more. Now the, they put so many obituaries in this newspaper. <laughs> it also shows me like who the market is. It's yeah. like 
the obituary is like a it's like a class uh, like a, a yearbook for a lot of the people. I did have a I did have a weird moment with the with the Post Gazette right when it first finally started showing up. Uh, I got called. Sometimes this happens. Uh, I got called by a funeral home. Uh, there mm. was a family that needed a funeral uh, that didn't have a church home, and they asked a, a friend of a friend of a friend found me and mm-hmm. said, "Would you come to the funeral?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." And I read his obituary the morning before I went. I was like, oh, oh that, man, that'd be good for a that's sermon. The, yeah. that's, that's good for that. OK, I'm, I'm marking stuff down. I'm like, yeah, it's good. So you read the obituaries anyway. Sometimes my oh, grandfather yeah. I get- had a great saying that he would wake up every day and read the obituaries just to make sure he wasn't in them. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's it. Uh, uh, I think Carl Reiner said that also yeah. or, or something sure like that. There. Yeah. 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 Yep. And because no, he, I- he just uh, he just died a couple weeks ago. Yes, he did. I, uh, I, so in this season, it, it, it is it is kind of fortuitous we're talking about this in this two weeks between jobs, um, because one of the things I'm trying to do is reestablish patterns and habits, yeah, um, that had fallen away at Westminster. This is a complete clean slate in life to, that almost never comes um, to totally reestablish routine pattern, whatever. Yeah. So I've been even on vacation forcing myself to get up at six every day. Um, but I don't have to go to work as early as I used to. So, like, I've been naming that time. The boys usually get up about 6.30. Uh, so 6 to 6.30 is brew your coffee. Yeah. 6.30 is get the boys settled and then sit with – it was Carl Bart that said, you know, you should have a Bible in one hand and a newspaper in the other. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do my morning Bible reading and then hop right in on the newspaper and try and use the the one to make sense of the other. Um, yeah. To use uh, yeah. the – the Bible to make sense of the newspaper, but doing that with physical books feels different to me than it did when I did this on my phone or my iPad or whatever. Absolutely. Um, It's just, yeah, it's a better habit to be in. And I mean, from a physiological standpoint, your neurological standpoint, your brain accesses it differently. Mm -hmm. Your brain views a screen as something that, so it takes it in kind of passively. So trying to be active with a screen is still, our brain is still really struggling with what that means. That's why we kind of get a different kind of fatigue when you're staring at a screen all day yeah. than if you're staring at a book all day. Cause we view a, 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 a page expect like our brain knows I have to work with this. I have to um, do some interpretive stuff. I need to do some, I need to actively engage this yeah. uh, with a screen for much of our lives. We have not had to actively like we engage it in that. It tells us what, when to laugh and what the news is like it, it will do all the thinking for us. Right. And so as we, and, and obviously we, as we become in more interactive with screens, where our, our relationship with screens is getting more nuanced and our, our brains are slowly adjusting to it, but it's still, it's Very a different slowly. thing. Yeah. And I realize that when I'm, reading the Bible on my phone. Cause usually that's, that's my main Bible when I'm traveling around because it's just easier than carrying a physical Bible. It's very different than when I have a physical Bible in my bag. Yeah. Um, and I've just started to, I have a smaller physical Bible. It's a different version than what I'm used to, but it's still a different version. I, I usually do the common English Bible. I think it's a great version. Go for it. I highly yeah. recommend it uh, in case it's been a while since I said that, but I have one that's the TNIV, which is a very flawed translation of the Bible. 
Uh, I mean, not flawed, and then it's bad, but it's just like they they don't even print it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's a good, the copy that I have is really, it's that leather bound one that has the magnet on it. You may have gotten it too. Yeah. Cause it, they like gave it away at you specialties or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the burgundy kind of thing with the like beige around it. Yeah. It's great. I just love the magnet that keeps it close. And it's the perfect size to throw in a bag. Mm-hmm. And so I have that. I started carrying that around and it makes me read the Bible very differently. Yep. Um, and just having that physical thing makes you more present than. Uh, our phones do or our computers do yeah and and it's 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 hard to explain but it's still that level of presence is very different well even my bible my my hand my physical bible i write and mark in constantly i'm constantly underlining circling words whatever and at one point someone might have been one of the youth group kids or something somebody called me out and i was like what are you underlining for i was like i don't know (laughs) like if something just strikes me I don't know. This is the way I'm like engaging with this to actually put pen to paper. Uh, it's not like I'm, you know, Ooh, I better remember this later. Like it's, I don't know. It's just something hits you in that moment that I want to use the pen and write on the paper. And that's yeah. a, a, an experience is totally not there. Well, we talked about this a while ago with field notes. Yeah. So uh, when we did the what's in your bag episode, which is feels like 10 we years should, ago at this point, we should update, uh, update that. Yeah, we should. Yeah. I just, I got a new bag coming. So that's, uh, oh, did you get it? Did you pull yeah, the trigger? Yeah, 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 I did. It should get here momentarily. Hey. Uh, so the yeah, my old bag, which has served me well, is like all ripped up on the inside, and, and just a, it was a it was a free bag that I got that definitely served its purpose. So I, <laughs> I know. Well, it'll it'll go into semi retirement. Yeah. It'll, it'll it'll be like uh, yeah. Um, so the uh, field notes. Um, it's this little like pocket notebook that both Jay and I have. I have a really good one that I lost at Westminster somewhere that was halfway oh, through. Never going to find it again. I know. <laughs> They've got, they already wiped it. For, <laughs> <laughs> so they, it's like but, I uh, don't the, exist. One of the, the tagline of, of field notes is that I'm not writing it down to remember it later. I'm not writing it down because I want to remember it later. I'm writing it down because I want to remember it now. Yep. And I think that, that while that on one level, like what does that even mean? But what it means is that I want to remember it right now. And I think that that, that speaks to kind of why you highlight in the Bible. Like, what are you highlighting that for? Do you ever go back and read those? Not really, but I'm highlighting it because I want to remember right now that this is important. And I want, and I, even my field notes notebook, I, I, I fill these up all the time. I don't ever go back and look at them. Uh, But I, like, it helps me in the moment to know this is worth writing down. And even if I was to look through this one right now, there's no real organization to it. Like we talked about the bullet journaling yeah. uh, before, and I still haven't done that very well. No, uh, I, or at I, all. I have great the pandemic threw it. a wrench right into any kind yeah, of did. bullet journaling and like daily planning. And but I still carry my notebook with me, and I still write stuff down when it feels like I should write this down. And it that it legitimately does help with in the moment remembering stuff. Sometimes it's like to do list, but other times it's just like a good quote. And I, I, to be honest, I do leaf through these occasionally, but not with the sake of, it's more just like looking through it. This isn't like trying to you know, prepare it's like for looking a through a scrapbook. Yeah. 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 Like, Oh, those are those things. And sometimes that does really helpful or really help. And I feel like, especially when we're in this pandemic time, when we are isolated and quarantined and so much of what of our interactions are through a screen oh, yeah. that even our interactions face to face with people, like we're face to face right now, even though we're not like we're looking at the screen that has each other's faces, which is fantastic. This technology yeah. is great and it's really helped keep us sane. But it's very different than if we were in person. And like the amount of Zoom calls that I've been on, uh, especially ones that I wasn't leading, where 
sometimes all of a sudden you like a, a, a notification pops up and, and you dip away for a little bit and you pull back in, or you could just walk away from the screen. It's very different than being in an actual meeting. Like if you're in a meeting with people in the room, you're not going to get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of it or get up and like go pet your dog or go have a side conversation with somebody else if, if they need something real quick. But we'll do that now because the screen is, it doesn't engage us fully. Yeah. And I love this, this move right here. Just, you know, see you, <laughs> Yep, yep. Yeah, where you turn off your video. <laughs> like, could be doing anything. Yeah, you don't as know As soon as somebody turns here. off their video, it's like, oh, they're not in this in this meeting anymore. They're gone. Even if they're pretending to be there, something is, if you've turned off your screen, that means something is happening that either you want us to not see you actively doing something else or you have left. Yeah. And so I just assume if you've turned off your screen, you're not there. I need to uh, remember to mute uh, my microphone when I do this, but like the, <laughs> the AirPods, there have been a number of times that I have gotten up from a meeting, thrown the, the, the video off, got up from a meeting, went to the bathroom. That's like 20 <laughs> yards away from my laptop and kept listening to the meeting. So yeah, yeah. I can at least participate. And you it's know? picking it up. Yeah. It's like the, the scene in the naked gun to date <laughs> it further, but there's a scene in the naked gun where, uh, the guy goes away and he leaves his lapel mic on and goes in the bathroom and yeah. goes to the bathroom for like four minutes straight. It's I know, I know a pastor hilarious, that did that. Hilarious classic comedy. Did that uh, for real a, on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> there was a guy, uh, a pastor who was at a church that I was at, like before I was there, uh, I guess had his lapel mic on and was doing communion and uh, was like handing out the, the different plates to the uh, elders up front. And the elders are like facing away, so you can't see it as much. And somebody dropped a plate of the wafer, like the the little bread cubes, <laughs> and he he bent down and they were picking it up. And he's like, and he just said quietly, he said, "Don't worry about it. We'll just give this to the to the choir," because the <laughs> choir couldn't see it. But he said it into his mic, and so everybody in the whole congregation <laughs> hears it. And I just imagine the choir just like taking this plate of, <laughs> of all this bread that had been on the floor. Oh, so uh, good. But so. In this, as we are kind of, our whole lives are through screens right now. That's why it, it, it wasn't a plan. But like I said, I started this subscription in March. So it started coming full-fledged right after the pandemic started for mm-hmm. me. And so this has, tip, like my pandemic time has been um, largely associated with a physical newspaper that yeah. comes. And it's something that, it helps me know what day of the week it is. Which yeah. is like, it seems like really dumb that that has to be something that we need, but like. I have long said, you at the beginning of of, of quarantine were just tweeting what day it was. Yeah. And yeah. I thought it was the most useful public service yeah. any human I did it as a offered. joke and then I realized that I needed it for me. And then there were so many people that needed it too. I'd just say, today is Thursday. Yeah. Uh, that's it. I got that from uh, uh, Kelsey Bailey at, at New Wilmington Mission Conference. When it, Mission Conference is crazy. Yep. And a lot of times you don't know what it is. And she had just written on her arm, today is Tuesday. <laughs> and I thought... Oh man, you're having a rough week, are you? She's like, "Yep." <laughs> then I, so I did it too, and it made the whole day a whole lot easier. And then yeah. you just wipe it off, and the next Tuesday, day, right? Yeah. Like, you know what day is it? Oh, it's Wednesday now. <laughs> uh, and so that—that's uh, where I got that idea. So thanks, Kelsey Bailey, for that. But the so having this physical paper, it, it, as so much is trying to happen through the screen, and and the screen doesn't end. That's the hard thing too, especially right. trying to do ministry through through this time. Is that there's no nine to five, not that ministry is nine to five anyway, but there's no time where things stop and there's always more you can do. And the, and the the beautiful thing and the frustrating thing about computers is that they can, there's no end to what they can do. 
and we're no longer geographically limited, which is great, which means that there's nothing that should stop us anymore. And we even the finances are not really a big deal online, right. uh, that the creativity should be able to the, the, be the thing that drives it. That the, the biggest ideas, uh, I mean, like Vine, TikTok is a great example. Vine was a better example, but TikTok is a great <laughs> example where what makes those things great is not famous people doing them, like, even though famous people do them. Like the things that really catch on are just clever. Like that's that's pretty much it. Um, and so that can get so overwhelming that you just feel like n- there's nothing tangible to hold on to. And so in the midst of that, having this physical thing. Tangible to hold on to. That comes to my house that's tangible and exists for a time. And it's telling me about my local place. The other reason why I really got it too is that I, when I heard that the paper only, I was surprised that the paper was only delivered three times a week. Yeah. And then I uh, I looked into it and they said, yeah, we're going to phase out any physical paper altogether because it just doesn't make any money. So, And they said in the near future. So then I thought, well, that's I better subscribe now. I'll probably only subscribe for like three months and then it'll be gone. gone. Yeah. Rather than ne- like five years from now being like, oh, man, I wish I knew what it was. I wish I had at one point in my life had a physical paper. Uh, and so having this here does make it like I, I'm present with this. I sit with it. And like you said, you read the paper more when it's there. And it's at a point now that when the Post-Gazette does go away, I'll probably subscribe to the New York Times or, or something like that just to get a physical paper over, buddy. that actually cuts. Now, I really like the local news, especially yeah. because the national news I can get anywhere. But the knowing what's going on specifically in Pittsburgh, I can't. I, I'm not, I don't pay attention enough to local politics and, local, and, and just local news to know as much. But having the Post-Gazette is really good. Now, it's been really frustrating. The Post-Gazette's made a ton of stupid decisions in terms of their staffing and things no like kidding. that in the last six months, which is really, really frustrating. So it's hard to support a paper that's just constantly doing dumb things right but now. That, but and that's the problem, it's still too. Good, is- it's still good reporting. It's just they've gotten rid of a bunch of really good reporters for – for dumb things and the other problem with it too is that like what feeds the national news are local papers um, yes the, the, there's no way the new york times can keep track of everything going on in the world nope. outside of washington nope. dc that's why you need your local paper uh, and so many local papers are doing exactly what the post gazette's doing and going under yeah um it's, well, gonna, it's not sustainable no and that's what's going to kill us too. i think the other thing that came out of this is that as soon as there became this war on the media and the fake news narrative, which is such garbage, <laughs> uh, the I mean, there's plenty of fake news out there, but it's not it's primarily it's, not coming it's not from in the here. Media no, yeah. no, no, not at all. And I mean, there's opinions and stuff and there. Sure. There's uh, interpretation. But this is like Associated Press is real news. Yes. Uh, NPR is real news like that. that well, it's that's giving that, you. That's what I was saying before about journalistic stuff. standards of like. Yeah. Having three sources, having, yeah. you know, the proper yeah. etiquette, having, you know. Well, and realizing that I needed, um, that I was a freeloader with news because so much of it is accessible for free. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a great thing, especially when you can't afford it. But if I could afford even a little bit, then I was like, I need to support these institutions so that they don't go away. And so on a large, like on a ecological level, getting a newspaper right now is not that it, it takes a lot of resources yep. even though i can recycle this paper people had to print it people had to drive it to my house who knows how many people were on my street are getting the newspaper maybe two maybe zero maybe they had to drive extra to get to where i am like that so it's it's not the best use of resources in terms of what is the most beneficial to the planet but it to me it's a good use of resources in the sense of it is supporting local news so that we don't just get a monoculture of 
there is the progressive news outlet and the conservative news outlet and nothing in between and that you only hear about local politics when it affects the national yep. thing or just like local bloggers or stuff like the the internet uh the news on the internet is very different than the news from kind of more established uh, media outlets yeah and it's just the reality like i think that it's great to get news from these other more fringe sites or more uh like that there are places that will dig like the, i know that the new york times has a lot of things that they they have a lot of uh donors that establish certain things and so there's general narratives in terms of what um what the what that paper kind of represents and as with all things and not just like liberal or conservative like in terms of like just the way they like they're pretty they're pretty uh new york centric yes. obviously yeah. and the world is not new york centric so if my only news source was coming from a local new york paper then i would be very new york centric now if i got the la times it would be very west coast centric which is just a different kind of thing so it's there are biases in any of these um sources a bias does not imply that the news is not good right that 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 it doesn't compromise the integrity of the actual news Um, a bias is just something that you have to be aware of and the problem is is that we have conflated biases with prejudice yeah and prejudice is very different prejudice and 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 agenda A, a prejudice is an actual like i have this antagonistic agenda toward this thing and so all of my narrative is going to be anti this and pro that in a blind way a bias is we are new york centric because we are from new york or we are american centric because we're an american newspaper or we are um, outwardly we just have these natural things that we see first uh and and in order to see something different we have to actively kind of use our brains to to think outside of that to to use a borderline example but it makes so much sense to me to define these terms the the okay so donald trump's inauguration had fewer people at it than barack obama's yes fact objective fact fact objective obama was more popular than donald trump debatable based on the facts right you can say well people did it was worse weather it was blah 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 you, that's spin and opinion it's slightly more nuanced but even that's a stretch to, yeah. to not like yeah yeah the, the and the polling at the time i think would would push against that, that fair but, yeah. but but to use that metric to say because yeah. his inauguration okay saying my inauguration was bigger than obama's <laughs> as donald trump is yeah. lie yeah and that's such a great example of all three of those things that like there is fake news when you're saying there were more people here than than at someone else's yeah. inauguration. When you're saying an outright lie, not yeah. an interpretive right. no. twist. <laughs> right? Yeah. That, that's just not true. Yep. We can go to the mats on what the opinion is about whether someone was more popular or what that means or whether you know public transit was an issue that day or some of the other stuff that was coming yeah. out. But don't confuse that stuff with what the facts are either. Yeah. Right, fact. It's the Obi. I mean, it, we haven't talked about Star Wars in a while, but it's the Obi Wan Kenobi angle, which is when in Empire Strikes Back, when uh, or no, in Return of the Jedi, uh, <laughs> Luke is talking to Ghost Obi Wan. He's like, "You said Darth Vader killed my father." He's like, "Well," and this was just bad screenwriting, like trying to trying to get themselves out of corners. Like, well, he consumed the the person that he is now, consumed the person that he was now. So what I did tell you was true from a certain point of view. Like, yeah, it's correct. so. 
it's like, well, I mean, the there was raining, and popular means many different things. So what I say it is true from a certain point of view. I'm like, all right, Obi Wan. Anyway, get your facts straight. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get some good journalism behind you. So, in terms of, I mean, like taking the the the, the typical time in our show where we take the turn to to God. Yeah. Uh, I do think that. For me, at least, and this is not for everybody. So this is, I would encourage you to do, try something like this. You can, you can get a local paper for like 10 bucks for like 10 weeks or something yeah. like that. I know, uh, I think the, the Wall Street Journal right now has something like that. We, it's $12 for 12 weeks. So I you can get three months of the Wall Street Journal for, for 12 bucks. Even if you don't like it, like that's getting physical paper in your hand for, just give it a shot or just buy, go to the store and buy one. Uh, and have it like try that for a week that'll cost you like 10 bucks to get three papers yeah um but that that sense of um having to sit and be present with something on on something more than than a computer screen or a phone screen um it changes the way in which we deal with things and it changes the way in which we interact with things and i think that that's we treat god i often find myself treating God the way that I treat news on my phone hmm. where it's always there. So I don't have to worry about it. I know that God's always with me. Uh, so I just like, no, I trust that it's there. I don't need to know it because at any given time I could look it up. I can at any yeah. given time, if I need God, I'll call upon God. God's there. Boom. At any given time I need to look something up in scripture. Boom. It's there. So I don't need to really have it in my head uh, the same way that I, that I used to. Uh, and that um, lack of presence because of the the kind of the quote unquote omnipresence of these things of yep. news and and of spirituality, not just not questioning the omnipresence of God, but the omnipresence of our ex- access to right. God, uh, has atrophied the parts of our brain that are present. Yep. Uh, a great example is that since we've got phones, nobody knows phone numbers anymore. We used to know when I was a kid, I knew like 20 different phone numbers because you had to know the phone numbers. They had to be, and your brain was fine holding it. Yeah. Now your brain, my brain, I don't, I know my, I know like three phone numbers now. I barely even know the phone number of my church. Every time I have to, the church I work at, I have to look it up in my phone to be sure. Cause I'm not exact. Cause I don't ever, who, who gives out phone numbers? And, yeah. uh, and when do you dial phone numbers? I don't dial any phone numbers. They're just in my phone. Yeah. So unless it's a phone number that you're giving me right then. And as soon as you give it to me, I, enter in a contact and now you're in my phone and I, I don't know your number because I just know your name. Uh, and so I was just like, when I need to call Jay Fryer, I, d- I don't know what your phone number is, but my phone does cause I put it in there and so I just click on it, boom, calling you right away. Yeah. And that, um, it does change the way our brains work neurologically. And so I don't, my brain can't learn phone numbers the way they used to. Now I'm also older, but it's still that's the same. No, let's thing. blame the technology and, with that. Yeah, yeah, and and when we do that with something as simple as news, or especially with God, when we just take it for granted, then we don't have our brains have lost like get lazy with accessing um, presence. Okay. That that I don't need to be present with this because it's just there when I need it, yeah. um, and that's a very very different mindset. I think presence is such the word there. I mean, again, this is a sort of new habit in the last couple of weeks, but I'm up at 6 a.m. and it is most days not till 7.30, 8 o'clock that a screen turns on mm-hmm. uh, because I'm with my boys. I'm watching the, or I'm re- reading the news, reading the Bible and just sitting with it. Um, yeah. and, and, and I mean, not for nothing. I don't know why, why this is true either, 
But, you know, when the kids need something in that time, it's way easier to put the paper down and come back yeah. to it than it is to, like, close a web page or something like yeah. that I'll never come back to. Like, yeah, it's interruptible. Um, so well, like, even in your phone, if you pick your phone back up, there's 15 more different distractions that will pop up while you're doing it. Like, right. the newspaper, doing? when you're reading the newspaper, it's not like a text message comes on the newspaper. They, even if you aren't going to read it right then, your mind's like, oh, I need to remember that I got this text message I need to look at in five yeah. minutes. Like that. Yeah. yeah. There's a, there's a centering in the process of it that's, I think, helpful and rejuvenative. Rejuvenative? Well, yes. Yeah. And I think that the, the, it's a word that was a, a big buzzword a few years ago. It's still a good word, but like mindfulness. Yeah. Like it, mindfulness just means being present, being conscious about like doing things on purpose. I think that's the biggest difference is that so much of our screens enable us to just accidentally find stuff out. Like that, like I did with Wikipedia. I didn't try to find out about neuro, uh, like astrophysics. I just ended up there because I looked up Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah, like that. It does it, and I think that's a fun little like rabbit hole to fall down. But that shouldn't be the main way that we access our world. It right. shouldn't just be stumbling into things. We should be able to spend time with things. I, I, when we went on a national park trip, I was very adamant about getting a physical guidebook. Yeah, um, and I couldn't get one. I got a, a digital one from the library. And that one was actually really helpful, but I also inadvertently ended up buying the same one, a physical copy of it. And the physical copy was so much better. We went to AAA and got a bunch of maps and that was way different than having on our phone. One, our phone signals went away right away. So I'm glad we had the actual maps, but having the actual map, like you can, you can see it better. Like it's, it's, it, I know it sounds stupid and and obvious. Like, of course you can do better, bigger, but like your brain processes it differently when you have a big thing that you can put your finger on and walk down to figure out where go from here to here then to have the phone tell you or just to like scroll through this map to see which you can't see all at once or you can see it all real small like it it our brains are really sophisticated things that operate in these different levels and to have that intentionality of being physically in the same space as something makes a huge difference yeah. and for something to be so virtual for our relationship with God to be f- functionally virtual, uh, which is really easy to do because for the most part, our everything else with, is. Yeah. yeah. When our relationship with God has this ephemeral nature to it that, that, I mean, we physically, God doesn't walk into the room and say, Hey, how's it going? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, or Hey, how's it going? Like whatever God's voice is like, <laughs> I hope he doesn't that, sound like Mickey Mouse or eternity. It's going to be rough. That, uh, uh, but that, that sense of, uh, or, or God, even physically manifesting, like imagine God, God, the woman walks in, she walks in and says, God, the, the old man with a beard or God, uh, a tiny child, like whatever, weird kind of cultural image we've been given none of those are great all of those are flawed um but that doesn't happen in the same way so it's real easy to think of god in this virtual kind of hypothetical sense and something about having a physical space with god i mean having the bible there helps even if you don't have the bible there, just like intentionally sitting in a meditative place in prayer uh or just even in 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 a contemplative nature of just being open. Sometimes yeah. some of the best things for me is just sitting and just saying like, why? And then just like letting it be there and just kind of be aware of uh, the, um, the nature around you being aware of the life that God has. One of my favorite things in quarantine has been sitting on my front stoop in front of my house. There's so many birds that I never noticed. Yeah. In my, I just live in a suburban community, but we are on a, on a street where 
you probably get one car every three minutes or four through three to five minutes. Like it's enough to, that it's, you can't really ride your bike right in front of our house, but you could kind of, you could go out and sit in the middle of the street and you'd be safe for a few minutes. Yeah. Uh, but th- enough that birds and stuff are, are pretty, pretty, uh, pretty active, which I just had never noticed before, uh, before taking the time to just sit out there with a cup of coffee with no agenda and just, just kind of observe the world and just to kind of sit to me, I just kind of sit and just say, good morning, God. And then just like, accept that God is there, accept that the, that there is life around me, that God, that that all of these things matter, that the bugs I see walking around are doing something on purpose, that the birds are doing something on purpose, that uh, even the people that walk by or drive by that they have a day that I don't know about that is important. And, and it's so much, I can miss all that stuff if I'm just um, somewhere else on a screen. Yeah. Yeah. Presence. It's huge. Mm-hmm. Huge. Put your and phone away. Like, yeah. And, and it's not just like old fogey saying like, put your phone away kids. Like the phones are great. Sure. But just that we, we need more than that. We need the physical space. The answer is not the newspaper, but the newspaper is an active, it's, it's a step to be intentional about doing something. And to me, that's, that's how I'm intentional. That's how I'm doing that on purpose. Uh, for you, it may be something else completely. And maybe it, it is the screen, but it's the screen like turn your Wi-Fi off or something like like put it on airplane mode and just be there. That's a, they're very simple ways to do this. Oh man! Um, and how it changes how you interact with the world. Even you just said turn your Wi-Fi off. Uh, I when I was at Westminster, I had a a generous unlimited data plan on the phone, mm-hmm. and then I left Westminster and I no longer have a generous unlimited <laughs> data plan on the phone. So I turned off cellular data. Yeah. Um, so in my house, it works as a phone should, um, yeah. as a smartphone does. Yeah. As soon as I leave the Wi-Fi, you can't browse Facebook anymore. You can't yeah. pull oh, up. Man. It's great. Yeah. I tell you, yeah. it's great. It's absolutely lovely because uh, it, it puts my attention back out into the world in a way that it's normally not. Um, yeah. Which is great until you get lost and you don't have Google Maps anymore, but that's yeah. a different story altogether. Yeah. But also, that's like we we were fine. Sometimes you need to get lost. Yeah. Like I, I think that we we are living in this reality. We feel like I'll never get lost again. I'll never be out of control again. And that that's why part of the why the quarantine is so hard for us is that the world is saying like, yeah, you're stuck here. And you know when you we're gonna get over this? Who knows? I don't know. Well, yeah. Someday. Maybe. <laughs> that's the best we got. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Either this is either either we'll get out of this or or we won't. And that's it. And this is how we all die. Like, we'll see. This is how the world ends. On that hopeful uh, note. <laughs> Twitter question this week is, where do you feel most present uh, to God? And maybe it's newspaper time in the morning with a cup of coffee. Maybe it's sitting on the porch with the birds. Uh, I had the distinct pleasure of shoving my feet in a river the other day, and that was mm. a... 20 minute experience that was just beautiful uh, but that river was a lot of miles of biking to get to so that's not an everyday thing what, what is it for you where do you feel like the, the, you can be most present to what God's up to in the world because uh, that's the let me finish being a theologian on this that's the, the, the end of that discussion is that if you believe in a risen reigning act of Jesus Christ that God is present everywhere and still everywhere. doing stuff and still interacting with us on the regular it's just way too often we have our eyes down and we don't see it i may have said this before but my benediction that uh that i say every week 
uh, that just evolved. It was, it was something that I said kind of on the fly, and then I said it again the next week, and then again the next week, and then someone said, "I love that benediction." I was like, "Oh yeah, I didn't even realize <laughs> I kept saying it." Uh, uh, and it was it, it's basically this: let us go from this place, not uh, not bringing God into into the world, but instead. Uh, following God into a world in which God is alive and active, bearing witness to what God, it, it, what, to bearing witness to God and all that we say to but recognizing that we don't take God anywhere, yeah. that God is everywhere, and that, that that presence, and that's a big shift for a lot of Christians, is that we feel like we need to go into the world and preach the gospel, meaning that we bring Jesus to people. No, we don't. We just go into the world and say, look at all these birds. Did you notice <laughs> these birds before? Yeah. These birds were always here, and you just never noticed it. And look at all this Jesus. We never noticed this Jesus. And a lot of the, what people are saying is Jesus is probably not Jesus. And the best way to understand who the fake news Jesus from the real news Jesus is the more that you have taken the time to sit with God and to see God alive in the world, to see what God is doing through the story of Scripture, but even more so through the story of um the world not just the, and, and then it, it's easier to identify i mean to, that's 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 the that's the angle there is that yeah the fake news christianity yeah from the real and which and, there's I mean, plenty the, of oh man so much right now and and any any christianity that would would say uh, i think we talked about this last week with uh, with with sierra a little bit but any any form of faith that would say that we cannot accept these people until they become like us is wrong just it's not. just straight up wrong it's just not what jesus was saying at all it's not what god is saying it's missing the point and but you only really if you've been told your whole life that that god's love is predicated on your ability to change to become a good person whatever that means then yeah it does sound like oh i guess that's what christianity is and that does, there's a point at which you either kind of blindly accept that or you realize like that's not great that's not it uh, and what who desti- who is who are these people establishing what's good and who's these people establishing what's bad and the people that they're saying are bad aren't really I met these people they aren't bad people so if they aren't bad then who's wrong here like that it's it's a there's a dissonance that that really comes into it when you really think about it but if you look at what Jesus is doing if you look at scripture it's about inclusion it's about diversity. It's about helping people to become the best version of themselves that God has made them to be, and God has continued to make them to be. But that that who that self is is so dynamically different from person to person that there is no mold that we fit into. And so much of I mean, even Paul, who gets maligned, is is so clearly saying, like the whole body of Christ, that we are different parts of the body. That that if we were all the same. That's not a body. That's just a pile of eyeballs, and that's yeah. not what we're supposed to be. So that once you get to that presence of, of God, then you can see that God is is alive in the in the world everywhere, and that helps you better to be able to identify that and identify the false false fake news of fake people saying news. this is God and it isn't. Yeah. Well, get out there. Go see get what out. you can find. Well, I've been Jay, and I've been Tyler, and this has been roughing the, the pastor. pastor live from today. Yeah. No, it's on tape, but it came out today. So yeah. Yeah. happy uh, Tuesday. <laughs> it is Tuesday. Let me check the know. paper. <laughs> <laughs> happy Tuesday, everybody. See uh, ya. Or whenever you're listening to this, if, you, if you're late. Bye, everybody. Oh, See you next week, I think. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. <laughs>